We're continuing in our summer stretch series this morning. And last week we started this series and we started looking at the book of Second Thessalonians. And we talked about how sometimes in life we're going to be going through pain and suffering and hardship. But God is using that time to stretch us and to mold us. And last week I had this uh, toy called Stretch Armstrong, which is an awesome, awesome toy. And you can stretch it and it stretches four times its own uh, actual physical condition. Um, And we talked about how sometimes God uses it and God stretches us and we were not made to be just normal, but we were made to be stretched so that we can be uh, dynamic. Well, we're continuing in that series today and we'll be looking at 2 Thessalonians again. But have you ever met a person who just seems like overly hyper and overly enthusiastic about their own life, right? You probably see it all the time on Facebook. People are a little too enthusiastic about their own life. But these are the people, they've got like so much energy. Uh, they, they, they go to bed with energy. They wake up with, with, with renewed energy. They don't even, even need a cup of coffee in the morning to like be totally awake and totally full of energy, totally renewed. And they look at you, they're like, I've just got purpose in life. I love life. Have you ever met anyone like that? They probably make you either feel a little sick and side because you're like, I can't stand that person. They are so annoying. Or they leave you inspired. You're like, I want to be like that person. Well, about two years ago, I found myself in a a business seminar and it was a sales seminar and it was conducted by a guy called Jack Daly. Now, Jack Daly, he is a, what he calls himself, a sales coach to to corporations and to sales professionals. And I sat in this seminar, and it was an all-day seminar in Wilmington, uh, Delaware. And suddenly I discovered that there was a guy who had more energy than BGE can ever even produce. This guy was 60 years old, and he had the energy of about 25, 18-year-olds. This guy was like going crazy, telling us how to sell in the corporate world. And it was unbelievable. And I remember uh, the, the whole seminar went at 150 miles an hour, and you left the day, and you were just like, whoa, what just happened? This guy at 60 years old uh, competed in Ironman competitions, some of the, uh, the, the hardest Ironman competitions out there. And he had so much energy. And this is what he said that day that uh, he did this seminar. He says, this is my calling in life. He said, my calling in life is to make you the best salesperson that you can possibly be. And uh, he says, I just have purpose in life. I found the lane that I want to do life in, and I found my calling in life, and that is to be a sales coach. And what, what Jack Daly and people like that will often tell you is that they have found this thing called a calling in life. But what they were really saying is that they have found their purpose in life and they are driving their life in the lane that their life was supposed to be designed to drive in. Now, many people look at people like that who have purpose, and they start to try to copy them because they want purpose in life. They want to be able to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and have as much energy as this guy had all day. They want to be able to have this purpose and what they call this calling in life. And often they find that what they are doing just leaves them a little less to be desired. 
They find they don't have the energy. They don't have the purpose that people like this often have. Now, what people like this will say, they say they, they are driving in the lane of life. They're saying you've got to find that one thing that you do well, and, and, and then life will be much easier for you. And they say, it's like living life on a highway. Remember, like years ago, for those of you who were old here this morning, there was a song by Tom Cochran, and uh, it was called Life is a Highway. Uh, Rascal Flats, they covered it about seven or eight years ago. Life is a highway. And what they are saying is that, 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 that you've got to find that place in life where you are just speeding along life. You are coasting through life. Well, the problem is, is life isn't always like a highway. Life is not always free-flowing, and sometimes life is more like a parking lot than a highway. For those of you who will go on 95 tomorrow morning, you realize that a highway is not always the most effective and efficient way to get to a place. Because you may end up in a parking lot. For those of you, you may be on 695 uh, at 4.30 p.m. on a Thursday evening. And you realize that life is not always great being on the highway. You, you may be going out to the beach this year and down to Ocean City. And you can either go down Route 1 or you can go down Route 50. And if you go down Route 50 on a Friday afternoon, I can guarantee at this time of year that it is going to take a long, long, long long time to get to the beach because even being on a highway life is not always free flowing life is not always in the fast lane sometimes life is like you're just stuck in traffic and it's in these times when when life is almost like a parking lot you're not moving you 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 feel like how long are we going to be here for it feels like purpose and calling and having the energy to do life is very, very far away. Now, one of the most, one of the greatest misunderstandings I think there is about calling and purpose in life is this. We're told, find that one thing in life that you can do well. Find that one lane in life that you can drive the journey of your life in, and then you will find your calling in life. That you can coast and all your troubles will be behind you and life will be easy. And that is a misunderstanding because there actually may never be that one thing for you. There may not be that lane in life that is always the fast lane. People who say those things, they say that find what you are good at and that is your calling in life. So think right now, what are you good at? That's your calling in life. Some of you, you're just good at watching TV. That's not really a calling in life, right? Some of you are good at posting every 10 minutes on Facebook. I would hardly call that a calling in life. Some of you, you really can like do some funky things with like your nails and paint your nails. Some of you, you can shave like no other guy. But you're not really going to find a calling in that in life. Because that's one of the greatest misunderstandings. The problem is a calling is not giftedness. Just because you are gifted in an area, it does not necessarily mean that that is your purpose in life. Just because you are good at something, it does not mean that your life should be centered around that gift. 
Now, often what you find when, when God designs us and creates us, he creates us with gifts. And those gifts help us in, in, in the mission and the plan God has for our lives. But it doesn't mean because you are good at one thing that your life should be centered, everything around that. For this is what a calling is. A calling is a mission. It is a mission that will change and alter the direction of your life. And I've got news for you today. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, then God has a calling on your life. God has purpose for your life. He has a mission for your life. Now, there's a story in the Old Testament. It's found in the first book of Samuel. And there was this young boy called Samuel who, who, who had been born to his mother, Hannah. And Hannah couldn't have children. And God miraculously gave her a boy called Samuel. And so in honor to God, she dedicated Samuel unto the Lord. And part of that process was that he would go and live in the temple. And he would go and live amongst the priests and learn how to become a priest. And so there was a high priest in Israel at the time. His name was Eli. And Samuel went and lived as a young boy amongst the priests with Eli. Now, Eli was a good man, but Eli had some kids who weren't so good kids. It's like pastors having kids who aren't so good kids. I was a pastor's kids. Not all pastor's kids are great kids. My wife was a pastor's kid. She was the perfect pastor's kid. I was a pastor's kid. I kind of failed in the pastor's kids area. But so his kids were not too good and they were not very well behaved. And so Samuel came into this environment and Eli had had a good connection with Samuel. And Samuel had a pure heart before God. And one night Samuel was lying in bed and suddenly he heard somebody call his name. So immediately he got up and he went to Eli and he said to Eli, he said, Eli, he said, did you call me? And Eli was like, No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So Samuel went back to bed again. And he heard someone call his name. And it said, Samuel, Samuel. And so he got up and he went back to Eli. And he says, what what do you want, Eli? What is it? And Eli says, Samuel, what are you talking about? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this. And the Lord came and called as before. So Samuel, as a young boy, had been lying in his bed and suddenly he heard somebody calling his name. He thought it was Eli, the the priest. But in fact, the Bible tells us it was the Lord. And he said this, he said, Samuel, Samuel. And then the Bible tells us, and Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And this is the issue we often have with our calling in life. God can be speaking, but we think it's other people who are speaking. God can be calling out to us, but we think it's just the voices of all others. It's very hard to distinguish what is God and what is other people. And so often we are looking for affirmation from other people and we're wanting other people to call out in us what they see when ultimately all that matters is what God sees in us. And so Samuel had a heart after God. And Samuel said, yes, Lord, your servant is speaking. Now, Samuel became one of the greatest prophets and men of God Israel had ever seen. And Israel found his calling. That night, God literally, through an audible voice, called 
Samuel out of the life he was living to a mission God had for him. And this was the mission that God had for him. God would speak to Samuel. Samuel then would speak to the people of Israel what God was saying. And the whole theme around Samuel's life is to come back to God and rely our lives on God. Let our lives be, be, be all about God and what God wants for our lives. Samuel's calling and purpose in life was to help the people of Israel stay on mission, stay on the God path. But notice this, when God called Samuel, Samuel was not an old man. He wasn't a middle-aged man. He wasn't a college grad. He wasn't even a high school student. He was a young boy. When God called Samuel, he was a young boy. Now think about this for a moment. As a young boy, Samuel was not qualified. Because Samuel had done nothing in his life to be qualified at that point to speak on God's behalf. When God called Samuel, Samuel was not educated enough. When God called Samuel, Samuel wasn't even wise enough. He was probably still immature. He probably still struggled each morning to put deodorant under his arms. He was a young boy. He was not qualified enough. He was not educated enough. He did not have enough wisdom and he definitely did not have enough experience in life. In fact, as a young boy, he probably wasn't even that gifted. He was not excelling at one thing. Do you know why? Because when God calls you, God does not look at your education or your experience or even your wisdom. God does not look at your background. God looks at your heart. And when God looks at your heart, he wants to know, can this person be a servant for me and go on mission for me? And if you are a believer of Jesus Christ today, then God has a calling for you, has a mission for you. And I ask you today, like Samuel, are you hearing God? Or are you hearing all other voices everywhere else? Or are you there and you are hearing what God is saying to you? What is God calling out in the night to you? Think in this story, replace Samuel's name with your name. When God said, Samuel, Samuel, what is God in the night calling out for you to do? And are you waking up and saying, yes, God, your servant is listening. Now, last week, we introduced you to the church at Thessalonica, which is in the region of Macedonia, which is now modern-day Turkey-ish, and, uh, uh, and uh, back in the day, it was called Asia Minor. And it was a big city, and there was a church that had been started by, by the Apostle Paul and his travel buddy, Silas. And then there was another guy called Timothy, who was Paul's prodigy, who, who went in and expected what was going on at the church at Thessalonica. And, and what we know from this book in Second Thessalonians is that the church at Thessalonica, they had a calling in life. God had called them. They had purpose for their life. And this purpose was not like, all this calling was not like Samuel's where God audibly spoke their name. He didn't say in the night, Church of Thessalonica, Church of Thessalonica. But instead, they knew their calling and their purpose because it came through the hope of Jesus Christ and their knowledge of what it means to be a Christian. 
They understood that if they are a believer of Jesus and they are following in the footsteps of Jesus and they are walking on this spiritual journey of faith towards a life that is filled with the love and forgiveness of Jesus, then they have purpose in life and they have a calling. And it all centers around what it means to be a Christian. And so this morning, I want to read two scriptures, uh, two verses to you. It's found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 11 to 12. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But this is what it says. Now remember, this is a letter that is written by Paul the Apostle, Silas, and Timothy. So three people are writing this letter, and this is what it says. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to, be, to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way that you live. You will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. So as we read through the book of 2 Thessalonians, we don't know these people by name. They don't list everybody in the church by name. We don't know their names. We don't know their backgrounds. We don't know their jobs. We don't know if they are rich or poor. We don't know if they are young or old. We don't know what social status they have. All we know is that there is a church in Thessalonica with people who believe in Jesus. And because of their belief in Jesus, they understand that there is a call on their life. And it is through the faith within them that they are, they are prompted to accomplish the call that God has for them. And just like the people at Thessalonica, just like Samuel, God has a call on your life. He has a purpose for you. He has a mission that he wants you to go on. And so this morning, as we look at these two scriptures, there's three things I want to point out that will help you not only discover the call God has for you, but live in the call and the purposes God has for your life. And the very first thing is this. We need support. We need support. Have you ever told somebody that you would pray for them, but you never did? Right? I'm sure we're probably all guilty of that, unless I'm like the worst sinner here. But I'm sure we've all done that. Someone says, hey, will you pray for me or pray for this situation or pray for that? And you're like, sure, I'll pray for you. And you totally forget to pray for them. And it's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you don't want to pray for them. It's just that the flow of life gets in the way. The pace of life gets in the way. And often you forget about it. You forget to, to, to pray for them. But this is what I discovered in life. There is something quite beautiful and powerful when you actually do decide to take time out from your own personal journey and stop and press into God on behalf of another. When you decide for this moment, the needs of my own spiritual journey are less important than the needs of that person's spiritual journey. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing 
and I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to press into God and I'm going to pray to God for their needs. There's something quite powerful about it. Now, the writers of Thessalonians, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they not only took time out to pray for the church at Thessalonica, but I believe they saw their calling, their purpose in life to pray for these people. Look what they said. They said, so we keep on praying for you. This means it wasn't a one-time act. It means that it was part of their daily routine or weekly routine, that they were praying for the people at Thessalonica. And I've discovered in life, it is so encouraging when you find out that people are praying for you. I don't know about you, but if someone says, you know, I've been praying for you. Suddenly you look at lifted in your spirit. There, 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 there's, there's like a joy that comes within there, that you realize I'm not on my own here. There's people out there who are supporting me. Now, several weeks ago, when we start talking about our week of prayer and fasting, one of the things that we asked you guys to do during our Sunday service was to fill out these little cards, these index cards, and put on there things that you need God to break through in your life for. Some things that maybe you are struggling with in your life, or you've prayed, but you just haven't had answers. And, and, and these are, the, these are the, the requests that we're going to lift up to God during our week of prayer and fasting. And if you haven't had a chance to fill one of these out, and you, you want us to pray for you, then go over to the info table, and there's some index cards still on there. Fill one out. You don't have to put your name on it. Just fill out. Put whatever prayer requests that you want God uh, to do in your life, that you need a breakthrough for God, leave it in the baskets, and we will pray for you that week. But a couple of weeks ago, I sat down and I started reading through every single one of these cards. And I started to weep. I started to cry. And I started to pray for every single one of them. Because seeing the needs of the people of our church just weighed so heavy, suddenly realizing that we need God to show up. Because in here, there's some things that we cannot do by ourselves. But we need God to show up. We need God to show up in your life. We need God to show up in your family's lives, in your kids' lives. There's people who are going through some serious things in their lives. And we need God to break through. We need God to show up. And as I started to pray through these, and I started to weep over each and every one of those, I can say I prayed for them. And we'll continue to pray for them. But this is what I also noticed. And this isn't a negative at all. But every one of these cards, they concentrated on a present circumstance. They were all about maybe a feeling or a pain or a suffering that you are currently going through in your life right now. There was not one card, and like I said, this is not a negative, because I would have written exactly the same myself, but there was not one card that said this. Let me live my life that God has called me to in a life that is worthy to the name of Jesus. There was not one about, let me be all that God wants me to be in my life. And the reason I say that is because when you actually look at what Paul, Silas, and Timothy are praying for, it may seem a little off. 
Last week, we discovered that these people in the church of Thessalonica, they're going through pain, they're going through suffering, they're going through a bunch of hardship, and they are getting stretched in their faith because of the pain and the hardship that's going on. So you would think that if Paul and Silas and Timothy cared for these people, he would be saying, yes, we continue to pray for you. We pray that God will relieve you of your hardship. He'll take away your pain. He'll he'll remove the persecution from you. But that's not what they said. They said this. So we keep on praying for you. And then this is the prayer request. Asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were more concerned about the calling on their lives than the temporary pain that they were in. It doesn't mean that your temporary pain is nothing and you shouldn't pray about it because you should. The Bible tells us to pray in all things, about all things, in all manners. But Paul and Silas understood that the calling on their life was more important than the temporary pain they were in. And I tell you today, your life's call is bigger and more important than your temporary pain. And that is why we need others around to support us who will pray for us and lift us up, not just in the temporary circumstances we're in, but in the life that God has called us to, that we will press through and we will become all that God has for us. So never be fearful to ask others to pray for you because we need support and we need people lifting us up. The second thing we see in this scripture is not just that we need support. In the life that God has called us to, we need to listen. The book of James says this, to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And when it comes to our life with God, we need to be quick to listen to God. Notice this, it says that their prayer is that God would give them the courage to live out the calling that God has for their lives. This is what it says. So we keep on praying for you, asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. Then he said this, May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. We see here two truths about the calling of God on your life. The first is this. The calling God has for you is to accomplish good things. To accomplish good things. God desires that you will make a difference in this life. God desires that you will make a difference in this world, and it's a difference for his good. God desires that your good will overcome the evil in this world, because God has called you to good things. And when God speaks, it is for your good, and it is for the good of others. Now, your calling in life and your purpose in life is not to be the biggest. It's not to be the best. It's not to be the most accomplished. Or it's not to be the most influential. Your call in life is to do good. And I tell you today, if in pursuit of your calling, you are leaving a wake of broken people and destruction behind you, that is not God's will and calling for your life. That's just selfish ambition. See, when God calls you, God calls you to good things. Then we are told how this calling comes about. It says this. He says, may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things. And he says this, that your faith prompts you to do. Our faith prompts us. 
When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you believe on Jesus Christ, your life is filled with the faith of Jesus, the life of Jesus. And this faith within you starts to prompt you. Now, we have to be very careful here because it is very difficult to distinguish the difference between what our faith is prompting us to do and what our self wants us to do. And that's why it's so important to stay close to God in our faith. It's important why you need others to speak into your life and support you. And why everything that we do should be through the filter of, is this going to honor God? Because that faith within you, whether it's a lot of faith or it's a small faith, it prompts you into the calling God and the purpose God has for your life. And this is what I know. Your calling is not a career pursuit where you climb the spiritual career ladder. It's not, that's my calling in life. Now, these are the rungs on the ladder that I need to get to to get to my calling. Because this is what I've discovered in life. Your calling in life, it ebbs and flows as the Spirit of God leads. As the faith within you prompts you. That is why we need to make it our goal in life to be able to listen to what the Spirit of God is telling us to do and what our faith is prompting us to do. Never be afraid just to sit there and listen to God. This is what happens in my prayer life. My prayer life is, okay, I've got this many minutes. Let's go. God, I need this, this, this. Help this person, help this person, help this person, help this person. Oh, God, provide this, provide this, provide this, provide this for me. Oh, help us in this area, help us in this area, help us in this area. Amen. Okay, let's get on with life. And suddenly, I'm not listening to God. But I wonder what would happen if we came to our prayer time and our quiet times with God. And we said, okay, God. I'm going to be slow to speak and quick to listen. What are you prompting me? What are you saying? Because that's how we work out our calling in life, when the Spirit of God and the faith within us prompts us. So we need the support of others. We need to listen. And very quickly and finally today, we need to honor him. In all that you do in life, you should strive to honor the Lord. This is what Paul, Silas, and Timothy said. In verse 12, it says, Then the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be honored because of the way that you live. And you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Tell you today, don't let the impulsive desires of your heart interfere with the calling God has on your life. Never let the impulsive desires of your heart interfere with the calling God has on your life. I remember at the age of 16, in the year 1995, I felt the call of God just like Samuel. God said, Alex, Alex. And suddenly I surrendered to God and I says, God, your servant is listening. And God showed me some incredible things that would happen in my life. Some of them have already been fulfilled. Some of them are way yet to be fulfilled. But I remember the day God called me to not only be a preacher, but to live this life 
on a mission for Jesus Christ. And I remember surrendering to that call. And let me tell you, along the way, there has been time and time and time again where the impulsive desires of this heart have gone in the way of the calling that God has on my life. And it's set God's mission back time and time again. And it's only by the grace of God that I stand here again today. But this is what I know. God's calling is the most important thing in your life. Don't let the temporary impulses and desires of a heart that sometimes gets cold towards God interfere with the calling God has on your life. For when you pursue a life to live out his calling, then the results are wonderful. You may not become famous. You may not become the most influential. You may not become rich even. Can you believe that? You may not get a gazillion followers on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You may not be the coolest. You may not be the tallest or the slimmest or the best looking. But this is what I know. If you desire to live a life where you chase and pursue the calling of God on your life, and you then decide to honor him in all that you do, you will live a life that will make a difference, where all that you do will not be in vain, but it will last. And it will change the hearts and lives of others around you. See, this is what I know. A life that honors God is a kingdom of God kind of life. Life is not always a highway. Tom Cochran was wrong. Rascal Flatts should have never covered that song. They were wrong. Life is not always a highway. And when it comes to God's call on your life, it means there is times where there will be a lot of stretching. There will be times where there is even pain, there is even hardship, there is even suffering. There is sometimes a lot of frustration and there is a lot of waiting. But this is what I know. God's desire for your life is what will make a difference in your life. You can live an okay, normal life and say, you know what? I love God, but I'm not going to chase after the things that God has for me. I'm going to live a normal, comfortable life. And you can do that. And I'll be honest, you can have a happy life. But if you live a life where you decide, I'm going to let God stretch me. I'm going to pursue his call. This is what I can guarantee. You will live a life that is full of passion, that is full of purpose, and is full of hope. You need others to support you. You need to open your ears to listen to how your faith prompts you. And above all else, always let your life honor him. And then you'll be counted worthy of the call God has on your life. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Some of you in this place, you know the purpose God has placed you here. You know the call God has on your life. And for the most part, you're chasing after that call and you're trying to live a life that is worthy of God. And I encourage you today, let others come around and support you. Be attentive to the voice of God and how the the faith and the spirit within you prompts you. Continue to honor him. Because in return, God will be honored and you will be honored also.
Pray that the passion and the purpose within you will just grow. And you will make a huge difference in this life, a difference that will last for eternity. And I say to you, well done. Keep running. Keep moving in that journey of faith that you are on. But there are others today, you know the calling God has on your life. You know that God has called you for greater things. But maybe just the impulsive desires of your heart have got in the way. Like it's done to me so many times. Maybe you are running away from the call of God. Like remember that guy Jonah in the Bible and he ran away from the call God has for him. The mission God has. Maybe you've neglected that call in life and you know your life is not all honoring to God right now and if that's you then today is a day that you can return and allow God's spirit to come and just prompt you to live a life worthy of his call again and we're going to pray for you in a minute but there are those here today and you've just been coasting on this life been going through some good times and some bad times but you had no idea that God really had a purpose for you you knew that God saved you and God loved you but you did not know that God wanted to use you and God had a mission for you and a purpose for your life and if that's you today we want to pray for you and let the spirit of God birth that calling and that purpose within you so that the faith of Jesus will start to prompt you as you make a difference in the world that you live in today and so if that's you today I just encourage you open your hearts as we pray And let the Spirit of Jesus just come and do a mighty work within you. So let's pray this morning.